continue to watch our Constitution completely being ignored by the left and our Bill of Rights increasingly attacked, the imperative to defend America against this barrage of wrongs against our Bill of Rights becomes ever more critical. And for this reason, I'm analyzing and discussing each article in the Bill of Rights so that listeners can grasp the importance of each article and know exactly how it's being attacked. You simply cannot defend what you do not know and understand and cherish. And defend we must. The fate of America now weighs in the balance. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise with your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip. I welcome you. If we do continue to be silent regarding the offenses against our Constitution and our Bill of Rights, then the enemy wins. And the enemy, let it be clear, the enemy is our present rogue government. If we continue to blindly be naive to what is going on right now in America, your freedom is going to be gone. And if you're still straddling the fence and complying with all the mandates, all the unlawful charges that are being pushed upon us by our government faction that simply wants to overthrow us, then you are in essence aiding and abetting the enemy within our borders and America will be defeated. And I refuse to participate in that insurrection the real insurrection. On the other hand, if you do choose to fight this venomous enemy, and I mean really fight, then you are much to be commended. And I see an uprising taking place across the nation. Still, as we speak, people are losing their jobs because they have refused to take the poisonous jab that is ruining so many people's health and slowly and gradually and sometimes quickly killing off people who have succumbed to the oppression. But those of you who are fighting, who are resisting, know this, you will go down in history as a true freedom fighter, right alongside our dearly beloved colonial patriots who once themselves said no to tyranny. And remember, they prevailed, and so can we. This is part four of a series on the Bill of Rights. I've already discussed in some detail the first three articles of the Bill of Rights, which are the first three amendments to our Constitution. And I do encourage you to view those podcasts, to listen to them if you have not already heard them, because I think it is crucial to our time. Today, I'll take a closer look at the fourth and the fifth articles of the Bill of Rights. Remember that these articles are the very same as the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. And that is not an accident. It means that the Constitution does not stand alone, but requires the Bill of Rights to support the very government that has been implemented a government by the people, of the people, for the people. You can thank the Anti-Federalists for for that, and you can thank God, because these gave us the Bill of 
rights. And because there is just no other way that the Constitution can stand without it, we ought to be very grateful. But right now, to be clear, the ball is in our court. As we see our God-given rights being swept under the rug at every turn, at every corner where challenges are being thrown at us by a government that simply does not acknowledge the Constitution more than ever, we must stand up and realize that the Constitution is being intentionally forgotten by the lame leftist politicians and globalist elites. This is our time to act. And if we fail, we lose. It's as simple as that. So let's get right into it. Article number four states the right of the people to secure, to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. And no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. What does that mean? Well, in summary, what we're seeing with Article 4 and also with Article 5, when I get to that, uh, we see that these things pertain to our federal government, the judicial branch, as it might affect you and I with regard to our individual rights. And that is what we are seeking to preserve in the Bill of Rights. So in summary, Article 4 says that search and seizure of our persons, our houses, our personal documents, and other personal effects can occur only with a warrant that must be justified by probable cause. And that justification comes by approval of a judge. When allowed, the search and seizure must be sufficiently detailed so as to avoid a search and confiscation for anything that they might find. Oh, you know, anything incidental, anything that was not particularly incident to the reason for the search is off limits. And to be able to accomplish this, they need what is called probable cause. And probable cause is defined as having enough evidence that a reasonable person, a reasonable person would believe that a crime was committed. And this evidence must be affirmed by a judge who then authorizes the warrant for the search and seizure. Now, this can be violated in certain circumstances, but it is due to a lower standard called reasonable suspicion. Reasonable suspicion is a less stringent standard that allows search by non-law enforcement officials, such as school principals and vice principals and perhaps teachers, who actually have a balanced need to ensure a safe environment with this example in the schools. This does not require a search warrant, but reasonable is the key. 
you have to have a reasonable suspicion that something is not right. For example, if a vice principal catches a child smoking cigarettes in the bathroom, or if there is a serious accusation of someone selling drugs in school, or perhaps having a weapon on their person when it is not allowed, then the vice principal or principal actually has a legal right to search the person, perhaps a purse, a school bag, a backpack, for things like drugs or for a weapon. And they do have a right to do that under the Constitution. This is not an Article 4 violation. Drug testing policies are also deemed reasonable, and those do not violate the Fourth Amendment rights. Why is the Fourth Amendment so important? Well, it was written simply to protect the individual from having a powerful branch of the judicial government or local enforcement, local law enforcement authorities, for, it keeps them from barging into your home unannounced and without justification. If you are not suspected of having committed any crime, then the government has to leave you alone. In some ways, it's like the Third Amendment, given that it gives you a right to privacy. But it's more than that. The Fourth Amendment is a right to not be harassed presumptuously for no reason at all. Without reason for suspicion of a crime, the federal or state law officials cannot just barge into your home or demand that you evert your pockets, for example, as you're walking down the street saying, show us what is in your possession. They cannot ask to see your bank statements. They cannot demand to see any of your personal effects if you are not being accused of something serious. And that's a very important thing to grab hold of because the Fourth Amendment was designed to prevent exactly what we saw in Nazi Germany when the Gestapos went into private homes completely unannounced for no reason at all other than possibly suspecting you were a Jew or a Jewish sympathizer. They can't do that in the United States unless they violate the Bill of Rights. The Fourth Amendment also means that checkpoints to see if you might have a vaccine passport is completely illegal. Now, we haven't seen this yet, but it has crossed the mind of many a people. And could you not envision a mayor or a governor of a rogue state like New York or Oregon or Washington actually committing this type of a crime? They can't do it, not legally. They cannot do it. But the Fourth Amendment possibly does have some shortfalls. One shortfall of the Fourth Amendment might be that it didn't cover things like cell phones and computers. Uh, computers are, are generally off limits, but they are very easily accessible and they can be hacked. And even though we have certain rights, uh, these things can be violated, including all of your personal effects, because so much of your 
personhood is now stored in data of electronic devices. Another thorny area of the Fourth Amendment has been raised by some new technologies, such as, say, setting up a hidden surveillance camera um, in front of your property. The problem lies in defining what constitutes a search. It has to be an authorized search. But what is authorized? We know that um, a helicopter or an airplane flying overhead can legally do that uh, without any concern about breaking the law. But what about drones? Because flying overhead at 1,000 feet may be legal and is not really considered a surge. But what about a hovering drone flying just 50 feet overhead and taking pictures in your own backyard, watching, surveilling your activity? Is that considered a search? And therefore, is it legal? What would happen if you took a shotgun and blasted that drone out of the air? And is a stalker watching through binoculars as you enter and exit your home considered a search? What if the stalker would be an FBI agent? Would that be considered stalking? Or is it just legal spying? See, we get into semantic arguments regarding what constitutes a legal search. But when is it really legal? These are new challenges that the Supreme Court must now face because of the new technology that we have today that our founding fathers did not even encounter in any way. And new cases have actually arisen that challenge the Fourth Amendment. The intent behind the article has to be considered. Probable cause can be subjective. And this always takes us back to a need for a proper standard, which I have harped on so much on this radio show. The proper standard, according to our founding fathers, was and is the Bible, and the Bible alone, if we are to survive as a nation. So any shortfalls of any of these Bill of Rights lies in the fact that if we do not have as a basis for our standard of right and wrong, a standard that is in, in itself inviolable, then we always, always default to the, to the utter whim of, of man, which is so fickle. I mean, look at Anthony Fauci. He makes up his rules as he goes. And we look at how things have changed uh, from the beginning of the COVID pandemic, how a two-week voluntary shutdown to flatten a curve becomes two years of absolute tyranny where your life and liberty and your health and even your absolute life or death is determined by what actions have been enforced upon us, imposed upon us by illegal mandates. So you have to have a standard to determine right and wrong. And without that, you will be attacked. How are they attacking us by the Fourth Amendment? Well, we have a whole bunch of unlawful search and seizure 
taking place in our country. And in fact, in the last several years, about just prior to the time that President uh, President uh, Trump became our our president, um, the tyranny really began against the Fourth Amendment. It has become almost the new norm in the last five or six years. President Trump, if you remember, was having problems with his phones being tapped by the FBI. And this was private information that was disclosed even to public sources. And this very thing has happened to thousands of other Americans, not just President Trump. Now, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, even admitted that recent Fourth Amendment violations are among the most serious ever documented in the history of America. This spying, for example, by the Obama administration, including James Comey and the FBI, John Brennan and the NSA, and even British intelligence were done solely for political gain. That is called unlawful search and seizure. It has nothing to do with national security when they are spying on a political candidate who is running for president. You cannot spy on your political opponents. If you understand Section 702 of the Foreign Surveillance Act, it allows the FBI access to U.S. citizens' communications without a warrant, but it must have probable cause. That is a reason for suspicion of unlawful activity. And therein lies the abuse by these government agencies. It's now very clear beyond any doubt that Obama was spying on his political opponents. Yes, Obama, Barack Obama, is a criminal. Obama was an imposter. He did things that were designed, that were intentionally designed to destroy America. Look at what happened to Roger Stone and James O'Keefe. They were both raided in their homes by the FBI in a very serious way, in a very intrusive way, and almost a violent way. I mean, when guns are being pointed at you and you are being handcuffed and thrown against the wall, that is excessive force for one thing, and it is clearly a violation of lawful search and seizure. Simone Gold, the founder of the American Frontline Doctors, experienced the same thing. Simone Gold was present on the infamous January 6th gathering at the Capitol building. And when Simone, going along with a crowd of how many people? A thousand or more people who entered the Capitol building took the opportunity to simply speak and get her message out about how the COVID response is inhumane. It is political. It is unethical. And she spoke. She just spoke very peacefully, very plainly. Now, Simone Gold, who was speaking about COVID tyranny 
and all the fraud that has overtaken the field of medicine was innocent as far as any illegal intent to harm. She is an ER physician. She works in emergency medicine. She is board certified. She's also an attorney. The only thing that she was really guilty of was exposing corruption in medicine. But she was there. Despite the fact that she had no criminal record, and she certainly was no security threat, despite all this, she was assaulted by a SWAT team of 20 officers who busted down her door, physically broke it down, busted into her home. She had 12 guns pointed at her, and she was arrested and carted off to jail for two days. But they forgot to confiscate her firearm. Wow. She must have been a real serious, dangerous threat to America, right? She must have been an insurgent, right? Wrong. Wrong. This is called illegal search and seizure, and it's happening all the time. It is happening to parents who want to even defend their children. This is a severe assault on the fourth article of the Bill of Rights, the Fourth Amendment. It threatens everyone, you as a parent, you as an American citizen who simply wants to live a life of freedom is being attacked because your Fourth Amendment is being violated. Now, Simone Gold has her court hearing scheduled for later in September this year, but watch. It will be repeatedly postponed, as it already has uh, been postponed. And this is a severe assault on the Fourth Amendment. It threatens you and I and anyone who speaks up against current leftist dogma that ignores the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So how in the world do you defend assaults and, and attacks against the Fourth Amendment? Well, the only means that we have really to defend it is through the court system. Now, this is a problem, right? Because at times it appears that our legal system, our judicial branch of government is very, very weak. How can we defend it if that branch is weak? Fourth Amendment violations are hard to defend if all three branches of the government as designated by the Constitution, are all corrupt. It seems pretty impossible to be done. Nothing reveals the internal corruption of government agencies more glaringly than Fourth Amendment violations. As far as I can see, a complete change in regime, in, in government regime, is the only way to overcome this problem. It is essential to prevent the crimes that are now being committed by our feckless, ruthless FBI, CIA, and other criminal agencies and individuals of the Biden puppet insurgents. Nothing less will do. Nothing else is going to bring about a change when these kind of offenses take place. Hopefully, this transition will begin this year. And I cannot tell you how much I look forward to it. By taking back the House and securing the Senate, maybe we have a fighting chance. But remember, 
voter fraud must be overcome. By all means, we must stop voter fraud and guarantee beyond any doubt that we have a voting system of integrity. Unlawful search and seizure can only be stopped by installing a leadership that recognizes it is an instrument of the people's will. If that, that can't be achieved by means of the popular vote of the people, then it can be achieved by no other means other than Article 2 of the Bill of Rights. Am I wrong? Am I missing something by stating that? What would you see as a solution? My point is that we must never, never hesitate to speak loudly and clearly about the Second Amendment, the Second Bill of Rights, because if we ignore that, well, there's no sense fighting for anything beyond it. I'm going to take a break right now. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. I am talking about the Bill of Rights, and when I return, we will begin discussing Article 5. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation that is. 
This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. What we must all stand for, if we ever hope to set America back on the course of freedom, is unity without compromise. It's as simple as that. This show airs on Saturday and Sunday at 12 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And then it goes to podcast on Monday or Tuesday. I'd encourage you to listen to the past shows discussing the barrage of wrongs against the Bill of Rights, because if we don't recognize it, we'll never be able to fight it. And then once we do recognize it, we have a responsibility to take action, to take definitive action so that we do not become victims of rogue government that now seeks to overthrow our freedom. The flame of the Liberty Torch has certainly waned quite a bit. The flame is going out, and it's possible that it could be fully snuffed altogether if the current regime has its way. Make no doubt about it. For this reason, I am giving a shout-out to the Bill of Rights the first 10 amendments that were designed to guarantee your freedom. Do you see what's happening in America? Both the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are under direct attack. If you take away the sanctity of human life, that is, the individual rights bestowed upon each and every human being of every race, creed, and color, then You take away the sanctity of human life, and life suddenly becomes very, very cheap. So cheap that you no longer have any rights. And when that happens, you become nothing more than the property of the state. You become dispensable. You become a worthless peasant to serve the desires of the world dictators and billionaire elites that look upon you as nothing but dust, something that can be easily brushed away, blown away, eliminated with no concern of conscience whatsoever. And that is their goal. Remember, the globalist regime, which consists of both Republicans and Democrats, In our government, I call that the domestic enemy, has an intent to push through an agenda called the Great Reset. I'm convinced of that. The evidence is ever before us. And for that reason, now is the time to really study up and understand your Bill of Rights, realizing that it was produced through a tremendous effort on behalf of former patriots who were wise enough to see the great threat of big government. And that great threat is before our own eyes right now as I speak. 
Well, Article 5. Article 5 states that no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Well, that's a rather long article, and in summary, it, it, it maintains five points. First of all, the right to indictment by a grand jury before you can be punished for a serious crime is essential. It means simply that you have a right to a fair trial, but this is referring to an infamous crime. This is not just civil court. This is criminal court. In such cases, point number two is the double jeopardy clause, which states that the court cannot charge you twice for the same crime. A third point is the self-incrimination clause, which states that you simply have the right to remain silent. This is a Miranda right. And this is what people mean when they say I'm claiming the fifth. In other words, I don't have to incriminate myself. I may have just robbed a bank. I'm holding a bag of money out the door as the police are pointing a gun at my head and saying, put your hands up. And if that police officer asks me, did I just rob the bank? I don't have to answer. I have the right to remain silent. That's self-incrimination. The fourth point is called due process. It affords you a right to have your case fairly heard before any action can be taken against you. It protects your life, your liberty, and your property from unjust confiscation. And the final point seems a little bit unrelated, but they threw it in there. And it is this, you have a right to just compensation, meaning that if the government does take your property for the benefit of public use, then it must pay you a fair price for the property. This applies more to a civil case than a criminal case. But there it is in Article 5 of the Bill of Rights. Why is Article 5 important? Well, seems pretty obvious, first of all, that if you have a right to a fair trial, it means that you should have an unbiased panel of jurors to hear and decide what is true and fair in a felony trial. We've seen trials in recent days, and if you cannot secure an unbiased panel of jurors, then how is someone to be fairly tried? It's impossible. Secondly, if you're not convicted for an alleged 
defense, or even if you are convicted, the government cannot again charge you for the same crime, even if more evidence is found after the trial is done. So that's kind of important. Even if you're convicted, have you seen the movie Double Jeopardy? That's kind of what that is a, a spinoff um, uh, talking about uh, the the fourth or the fifth article stating that you cannot be further punished beyond the original punishment for the crime. If you've been declared guilty once and you pay that penalty, then the government, the courts cannot bring up the issue a second time. And thirdly, you cannot be forced to testify against yourself. It doesn't mean that you can't testify against yourself if you're an honest person, and I suppose there's not too many honest criminals, um, then you would have the right to testify against yourself, but you cannot be forced to do so. If you think of the case of the NFL player O.J. Simpson, uh, I believe that trial went on for some 11 months, and O.J. Simpson never sat on the stand. He never was called upon to testify against himself in any way to answer any questions. He simply um, could be silent, and he has that right. When it comes to due process, this clause prevents the government from any form of capital punishment, imprisonments, or confiscating your property without giving you a fair chance to be heard and to defend yourself. It means you can't be assumed guilty and punished without a fair trial. Now, unfortunately, this applies to, uh, to criminal law, not to civil law, because there are all kinds of violations of Article 5 in civil courts. Nonetheless, that's what it states and that's what it means. Due process means that there are procedures that must be followed and you have a right to be heard. You have a right to have evidence for and against you evaluated before any punishment can be laid upon your head. The fifth uh, clause called just compensation actually refers to eminent domain. That is the government has the power to take private property from you for public use without the owner's consent, as long as the owner is given a fair price for the property. This applies usually to large public construction projects, that sort of thing, like creating highways that pass through your property and so forth. So uh, it really doesn't apply to the other four points very closely. Uh, I'm not sure why they threw it in here, to be honest with you, but it does have a place uh, with regard to protecting human rights. Now, there are a few shortfalls associated with Article 5. For one thing, finding a, quote, fair trial when we have many liberal judges who preside over these juries, even over the court hearings, this is itself a challenge that threatens the integrity of the intent of Article 5. 
since a judge can preside over it and therefore influence a trial by jury, even when the jurors make the final decision to punish or to declare innocent. And of course, since the advent of social media, it has become increasingly difficult to find an impartial and unbiased juror. I mean, we hear about things happening now five or 10 or 15 minutes after they occur. How do you find someone that is unbiased? And when a nation is as polarized as America is right now, between the right and the left, how do you maintain impartiality? You see, the problem rises when the people, we the people, no longer have a standard. Everyone decides what is right and wrong for themselves. And that is a problem. It makes finding an impartial and honest jury quite difficult, to say the least. We know that due process violations, for example, are not given enough support, uh, but this appears to happen more at the state level. And that applies to the 14th Amendment, which actually is not a part of the Bill of Rights, but the Fourth Amendment and the Fifth Amendment have similarities. But the Fifth Amendment pertains to the federal level. And my knowledge is somewhat limited on the 14th Amendment, or at least it was until I myself became a victim of that at the state level. But my personal experience in that definitely shows that violations against due process do happen, and they are extreme when it comes to matters of justice at the state level and in the non criminal courts. In the case of me having my medical license suspended, for example, and then revoked, due process went out the window from the outset. Now, perhaps if I had committed some sort of a crime, I would have had a better chance at due process. And then finally, when eminent domain occurs at the state level, this could be a problem, too, because if you have a rogue governor who acts like a Marxist, as we have in Oregon with Governor Kate Brown, then that governor with an agenda can easily, very easily abuse the process. And the potential for abuse is present for sure. With regard to double jeopardy, the clause you must understand is absolutely actually not absolute. There is another um, doctrine called the doctrine of, of supervening event, which allows for three exemptions to the double jeopardy clause. First of all, if you are de deprived of due process in criminal courts, then double jeopardy does not apply. Likewise, if a mistrial is declared in a criminal court, then double jeopardy does not apply. And the third case is called grave abuse of discretion. In other words, if a judge simply 
is completely overtly dishonest and disregards all judicial process, then double jeopardy may not apply and a, a retrial can be scheduled. This is not necessarily a weakness of the Fifth Amendment, but it most certainly is a potential variance and it's something to be considered. How is the Fifth Amendment being attacked? Article 5, simply by manipulation of the federal court system. In this day and age, we have dishonest judges. We've seen that just recently with regard to Joe Biden's vaccine mandates. We heard from our Supreme Court justices, and to be honest with you, there was a bunch of nonsense spewed by a few of the judges. To be honest with you, they didn't know what they were talking about. And if they did know what they were talking about, then their foolishness was exposed to the entire world. That was certainly the case for one of the judges. And I'll just leave it at that. We just witnessed a complete charade at the Supreme Court level. If you have a blatantly dishonest judge on the Supreme Court, then that Supreme Court justice should be evicted. No questions asked. Do you think that'll happen? No, it won't. I don't believe so. The Fifth Amendment is attacked because we have a disregard for the Constitution. And that means that courtroom abuses will only worsen. They will progress. The government is getting around fairness in the court system by fighting the cancel culture war actually outside of the civil courts. And that's a problem because outside of the civil courts and federal courts and such where the Constitution is supposed to be applicable to all processes, the Constitution is not even a consideration in administrative courts. There is absolutely no due process. Evidence, therefore, can be hidden and is hidden. Accusers are shielded from the accused, and all allegations are considered to be facts. They're deemed to be factual, even when they are nothing more than hearsay, even when those alleged facts are completely disproven. It's a completely biased and jaded system. And that's what we call a kangaroo court. So the fifth article is designed to avoid a kangaroo court from happening. But how do you defend it? Well, eminent domain can only be challenged in court. Double jeopardy is sometimes a problem. There have been many cases dealing with double jeopardy issues, but this too can only be challenged in court. Are we stuck? Defending one's rights to a fair trial can be actually pretty hard when you have a corrupt judicial system. The main issue, at least from my perspective, is that the judicial system seems to be more preoccupied with law 
than with justice. And law is about procedure. And when the jots and tittles of the law can be camouflaged, and when they camouflage the higher considerations of what is right and just and fair and honest, then we do have a problem. And isn't that what lawyers do in courts? Lawyers do their very best to manipulate the jury, to twist the facts, to distort or hide the truth in order to win a court case. I mean, that's what happens in every courtroom in America. Can there be such a thing as an honest attorney? I mean, how many people have asked that very question? It is absolutely a challenge. You never know if you're going to get a just or fair outcome. We've seen it go both ways, even in recent times. Well, yes, I do believe that there are some just attorneys out there. I do believe there are some attorneys with a Christian standard. And hopefully these do not compromise that standard for the sake of selfish or personal gain. Yes, I do believe that we can still have some fairness in the courts. But I think that real fairness and real justice is becoming a very scarce thing. I no longer trust the system. I no longer trust going before a judge or going into a courtroom these days because I simply know that manipulation, manipulation of procedure and protocol takes precedence over truth and justice and honor and righteousness. It's always a good thing to try and settle matters in a real court. But remember, do all you can to avoid administrative courts because they are utterly corrupt. It's something that we have to keep in mind in this day and age. Well, where do we go from here? You know, at this time in American history, I think I can say safely that no American of sound mind and no American of at least reasonable intelligence could honestly dispute a fact that, number one, the executive branch of federal government is severely compromised. What are we looking at in the executive branch? We have a stolen election. We have a demented installed president who doesn't even know what he's saying, who cannot keep a thought together, who cannot reasonably deduce anything logically, and who is being controlled by a puppeteer. Have you seen how many times the Freudian slips occur when someone says, oh yeah, I'm still in support of Obama or Biden, Joe Biden. You know, we have this possible chief imposter, Barack Obama, who may actually be the chief puppeteer for Joe Biden. And so what does that cause? It means that every action taken by the president is directly intended to destroy, not build back better, but to destroy America. Forget the slogan. 
forget the slogan because what the Democrats say and what they mean are antithetical. They oppose one another. When they want to say build back better, what they mean is we want to build back in the worst way that we possibly can. And does not the evidence show that very thing happening? The executive branch, what I'm saying, the executive branch is totally defunct right now. We have three branches of government that are supposed to balance each other, and the executive branch is dead. It is corrupt. It is manipulated. It is designed to work against we, the people. Well, what about the legislative branch? Well, the legislative branch of federal government is also severely compromised, is it not? And this includes both the Socialist Democrat Party and the generally spineless, gutless, testosterone-deficient Republican Party, the majority of which, from both of these parties, support a globalist agenda. Please let that set in your mind. We no longer have two parties called Democrat and Republic. We have globalists and nationalists. We have patriots and we have the rogue government globalist elites who simply want to take us down. Let that speak clearly to us. The legislative branch is completely, totally defunct, just like the executive branch. The globalist agenda means that they are supporting COVID propaganda. They are supporting the CCP. They want to implement a world economy and they want everything that is anti-Christian, which is a way of saying everything anti-American because it's only because of Christianity that we have America today. If you struggle with that fact, please get over it and learn your real history of America. America is first and foremost a Christian nation. And so, yes, the legislative branch is every bit as defunct as the executive branch. And so what do we have left? Well, that leaves only the judicial branch. But can this branch of government now be trusted? Well, I'm not sure. I really don't know, because we recently did witness a circus show regarding those hearings related to Biden's vaccine mandates. But let's face it, the mandates were stopped. They were declared unconstitutional. So there is hope. There actually is hope for America. We also saw the Texas abortion ban upheld as it should have been because abortion is murder, which is the taking away of an innocent human life. So that was a good move. There is hope. But we've also seen a stolen presidential election, and that problem still has not been righted. Voter fraud has not yet been overturned. And this is going to be a battle 
that we cannot lose if we hope to have our country back, our free republic. We have seen a wishy-washy Supreme Court of the United States acting, and that ha- they have failed us on some very important issues. And when justice in America goes away, so does freedom. And that's exactly why the Bill of Rights is, has to be our best friend. We must defend the Bill of Rights. We must take it seriously. We must talk about it. We must promote the Bill of Rights. You have a right to speak freely. You have a right to contend with a government that does you wrong without fear of retaliation. We have a right to keep and bear arms, and that right lies in the potential for a government gone bad, the very system that we have right now. This is where we are in history. We are under a coup, and the coup is still in progress, and we must recognize that because if we don't, America will most certainly be lost. So I ask you today, I petition you as an American citizen, as a good patriot, as a true and solid Christian, please defend your constitution, stand up for your Bill of Rights, and by all means, please stop being the silent majority. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve Latulip. And I speak from the heart, hopefully reaching out to your heart so that you and I can make a difference to preserve the freedom in America that we once enjoyed. Adieu.